This is Getting Past Subtitles. My name is Sean Peel. This is DK Lee. And welcome to an all new series for the holidays. Christmas edition. Coming coming soon. <laughs> well, to a theater near, <laughs> to near a you. Theater near you. Uh, throwbacks to the VHS tapes. And so four weeks, so we'll go all through the holiday month. It'll be nice. It'll be in the joy, the spirit of joy and love and family. And I think that's the themes that will qualify us for a holiday film, don't you think? Maybe. What do you mean, maybe? Maybe. You need a little bit of uh, magic in there. <laughs> Christmas, Christmas magic. magic. <laughs> a Christmas miracle. <laughs> you know, you need you need to have snow. You know, you have to okay. have snow. Okay, sure. The vibe, right? The, you like, have to the have setting. vibe. You have to have the lights. You, you know? got to have the lights. The pretty lights. There you go. Like fairy lights, city lights. And it's got to be at night. It has can't, to be at night. Can't be day. Yeah. It's got to be night. Or at least, like, sunset. You can have dawn, and that's about as much sunlight as you can get. Something about, like, being cold, but then there's, like, that warm fire around. <laughs> you know, you got to get that feeling right. It's warm inside. Yeah. But it's cold outside. You know? And, like, you know, thematically, it's, like, it's either romance or family. Mm-hmm. It's the most common, too, right? Yeah. And I think the movie that we watched this week kind of falls into that. And that is 2003's Tokyo Godfather by Satoshi Kon. My first Satoshi Kon film, film, actually. I have not watched any of the other ones. Shame on me. So this is his third film after Perfect Blue and then Millennium Actress, right? Yep. And so then he does this. And interesting one. I liked it. From what I can gather from Satoshi, it's... He's very like, not whimsical, but like pretty unconventional. Or like, what's the word? Like mixes a lot of kind of like fan like fantasy sort of mixed with like kind of like reality, but it's very like blended, like very kind mm-hmm. of like crazy a little bit. You know what I, I mean? I think you you got a good feel for it, but this is actually his most muted one. Right. In comparison to even Perfect Blue or uh, Millennium Actress or even Paprika. Those are like way out there. Right, right. Well, a lot more than this one. Um, This one's a lot more linear, funny enough. Mm. Um, And he tells a lot more of a uh, straightforward story (laughs) in comparison, which is um, interesting to see, I think, from if you've seen his other works and coming into this one you see a a different uh, it's almost a little bit more different than what he usually kind of does because of that but uh yeah what are your uh first impressions of this film um yeah like like you said you know going with the idea of knowing like what kong style was being very kind of like fantasy-like and sort of crazy like kind of like a psychological mess a little bit and then watching this film like i said it's really straightforward it definitely has like Definitely has the tastes of him for sure. There's definitely elements and things that kind of creep in, but it's really conventional, conventional, and straightforward and easy to pick up. Not to like its detriment. I really enjoyed it, but I thought it was really interesting on how he kind of did it. Like the whole, you can really pick up like, like one. It's definitely about family, yeah, and sort of you know people that lost their way. And then they gradually kind of get reunited with their past and sort of, you know, kind of connect with that. 
but even just how the story is told is like through coincidences like you know miracles per se yeah it's like all these like quote-unquote coincidences coincidences that drive the story forward and how they go from one thing to another i thought it was interesting that it wasn't like coincidence in a sense of like being weird or like standing out too much like oh that was weird that that happened there it felt kind of natural how even those coincidences kind of like fate right 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 and i think that's the great part about this film is if you think about the whole story and if you think about how they start off the story with uh you know the holy night scene and the Uh um the preacher like preaching about the nativity and stuff and kind of talking about this almost magical moment in time where there's this kid well jesus obviously right Mm -hmm. who was left alone all on this earth kind of you know as a baby he had nowhere else to go um but this little manger right right in this little stable or whatever and it's the same kind of um thing that happened to that little abandoned child and the three homeless people basically right. are kind of the ones to protect them and yeah. it's almost like the analogy the three homeless are kind of the analogy to the three wise men who right. come come to come to jesus right and honor the child and it's almost like a very magical story that's being told here yes and i think that really fits well with kind of like the coincidences right yeah, yeah. you can think of it as a coincidence but i also said like it's kind of like fate yeah and the story of jesus the prophecy of jesus coming back right that's like fate really and right. that's kind of like the theme that is parallel within the story of to- tokyo godfathers and, and and that story and i really liked how He's. It's emphasizing that throughout by having all these little coincidences <laughs> that right, right. come come in into play. But then, for the characters themselves, they don't think of it as a coincidence, but they think of it as like, oh, this is a gift from God, right? Yeah, like they yeah. talk about it like, that. wow, like yeah. like this baby is like a lucky baby, like right. she's loved by God, right? Like right. every time something bad happens, they just narrowly miss it, right? <laughs> Like like that ambulance that just like crashes into the store yeah. and they were like fighting and they go outside because of the fighting and they just happen to dodge it. Mm-hmm. And all of that, all of those different things happen because of the fact that it's playing off of that, right? It's yeah. playing off of that destiny or, or fate or this lucky child who's loved by God. Right. <laughs> yeah. And so that's what I really loved about it is that there is a big sense of, of, um, of the movie being like whimsical. Yeah. But it happens in such a like a natural flow mm-hmm. that, you know, once you're seeing like when I was watching it, I didn't it wasn't until like the movie finished and I kind of stepped back and picked up like, oh, like those feel like magical moments. But as I watched it, I'm just watching it like things kind of unfold sort of like in their journey. Like yeah. you said, like to them, it's not like anything, I don't know, per se crazy, but it's like, oh, my God, like this baby is like. It's kind of like a lucky baby. They do everything f- to keep their child safe, and like as they're going through, like yeah. these, like these near misses and events. And it, it's cool. like it's like uh, miracles, right? It's like the miracle is happening, right, right, in, on this joyous day kind of thing. <laughs> like it's it's playing to that tune. Yeah. So it's really, uh, it, it's really fun to watch that. I think like mm-hmm. just to see that happen. Yeah, like it all feels like it's supposed to happen, like like fate, like the so the. Like the plot itself, right? Their journey is basically to find the parents of Kyoko, mm-hmm. um, to like basically find out why 
they abandoned her. But they have no kind of starting point. point. So they find, like, the locker. Well, Miyuki has a key, so they go to the, the locker. Yeah. And then they find the stuff, and they find pictures, so they know what they look like, but I, they don't know who the parents is. And so, like I said, like, they really have, like, little to nothing to go by. And all the clues and the stuff that get them closer happens by coincidence. It's kind of, yeah. like, given to them per, like, a situation. Or, you like, know? you know, they help that fat guy who's yeah, under yeah. the under the car who happens, who happens to, to be, to be like, the guy who, yeah. who runs the club or whatever his son is his, or son. No, his daughter is marrying like another yakuza boss who happens to be the owner of the hostess club yeah. in which the mom works at and the guy who's getting married happens to be the guy who conned uh conned yeah. uh, what's his name conned uh, Gins. Gins, yeah yeah Gin and his uh his family and his yeah. business essentially so it's like it's just all kind of networks in that f- weird way. Right? Yeah, it all works works like that. So it's it's very cool to see how all of that's connected. Yeah. And I really liked how he wraps up everything at, by right. the end of the end of the film, and and you know we get little like backstory and tidbits about the characters and who they are and what they were. Right. right. And then we see as the story goes on and on, we get more. You know, we have a better revelation of who they are. And then it's slowly like ra- like we go back to their past and and they all kind of start reconciling their past yeah. as the story is moving forward. Right. And I really like that cycle, right? Yeah. How that happens, where you know, first it's it's um it's Miyuki and her with the father and stuff and mm-hmm. her problems with the father and you see her like getting shocked <laughs> in the train while the train's going and he, she, she just like happens to it. see <laughs> her own dad on the other side of the train and she just right. gets off you know and and all of that happens or like uh Gein and and his you know issues with uh his daughter and yeah. he lies about the fact that he had a daughter um well he his said he died. his daughter died and yeah. his you know, mother died, but actually, you know, he was a gambler and he had problems and, and he just basically, you know, was ashamed and kind yeah. of left. And and then, you know, they get to the hospital and she has, happens to be the nurse <laughs> there and her name's Kyoko as well. And all yeah, that too, like every woman's name in the show is Kyoko. <laughs> yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's really like it, it sounds like, you know, oh, wow, that's so coincidental. But like it works so well for the film, I think. Right, right. You know? Like, that's the point of the film. Yeah, it is. I think that's what makes it so interesting and, like, fascinating. But also impressive that it works well. It works so well. Like, it it interweaves, but it works so well. Right, right. Like, nothing really stands out to that point. And like you said, really, like, for me, the whole meaning of the movie was that these characters, you know, are being brought back to their past selves in one way or another. It's like, you know, Miyuki keeps running into her father in his situations and then by the end it turns out that her father was sort of like leading the investigation to bring back to help the parents reunite with the child yeah, right the real parents the real parents <clears throat> and then like like i said so ging meets his daughter again in like the hospital that they bring hana to after he collapses yeah and then also with hana himself when um when king gets beat up near to death and yeah. gets picked up by the hostess club and it's funny with that point because all three of them diverge into their Somebody, own paths, yeah. and then they converge at the hostess club mm-hmm. again um, and reunite that way. And it so happens to be where Hana used to host as well. So it's interesting that, like, you know, like the, it's such a good setting, like, through and through because it's their homeless people. And so I like, I really like how they, uh, Satoshi did it as, like, the characters themselves. Like, it doesn't focus on them being homeless 
like at that point in time. Yeah. But rather, we're seeing them as just people who like lost their way, basically. Yeah. And then throughout their journey, we're seeing them like now they have opportunities to kind right. of like make things right again. Like know? almost the baby is almost a symbol for them finding their own ways as well, right? Right. Like, <laughs> like as they're finding the parents, they're finding themselves and finding their own ways right. into, you know, getting. So know, it is super organic on. how it all comes together. And it's, I really am impressed by how it does that. Yeah. Like, cause even just, it's one thing with films that try to do backstory. Like it's, it's a tricky thing, surprisingly. Yeah. Cause you can, if you try to do it, that uh, exposition sometimes it could feel forced if not done right mm. like oh that moment of him explaining his past just came out of the blue like night it is just like whatever but here it works really well it doesn't feel forced and you do it three times like you have three members that you have to that you're going through their past lives with yeah and it doesn't feel forced at all i think time. it works really well because they're homeless right and True. and we innately kind of want to know why like we innately mm. kind of want to know like what happened to them why are they there sure. and so that kind of helps with the exposition i think in yeah. terms of like since we already have the interest in these characters um we're more forgiving <laughs> of the fact that if there is exposition it's like oh i really wanted to know that yeah yeah, yeah and to like even themselves just sparking interest mm. in in like why they're homeless because like in the beginning right they're kind of there's a there's ambiguity there as to what their past is. Like, Gin is kind of, like, reserved from explaining it. Or, like, when they first find the baby and they bring it to the tent and Ging has, like, knows how to raise the baby yeah. kind of naturally. So you understand that he has had a child in the past. Right. <clears throat> and that, like, segues into, like, oh, yeah, I've had a daughter once yeah. into that moment. And also with, like, Miyuki as well, with knowing her, like, she's the youngest, obviously. So it's like, how does a teenager become homeless? Yeah. And it's hanging out with these weird two like <laughs> adults you yeah. know and then when she goes to fetch the water from the uh kombini and then she meets two other homeless people and they're like we don't want to mess with you because you're like ging's princess or whatever mm. so then like even that sparks like well what is their role and then like ging has a soft spot for miyuki and mm. that gets explained later on with his daughter and everything yeah so it's a, it does a really good job of like sparking interest as to like what are the dynamics of these characters and what's brought them into there yeah for sure so the characters are great like it is really the heart of the movie and also getting <laughs> lies about his past he does so that's <laughs> another great way of kind right. of um, making exposition more interesting yeah. where the character himself doesn't want to tell about mm. his past right yeah i'm gonna tell like you can't fool it no more <laughs> in that moment. <laughs> and Hanan loses his shit. Oh, he's, like, yeah. he's like emotional and gets pissed off yeah. in the same second. Uh, but yeah. So we skipped over the whole synopsis. But Do you need to tell the synopsis? You, you watched the movie, right? <laughs> what are some highlight scenes for you? What do you really like? I liked when... Miyuki goes. He get she gets uh captured by the oh, yeah, the yeah. Latin American guy, <laughs> and then <laughs> he goes. She goes to his like place, mm. and uh, he has a wife who's like has a baby, and she's kind of like nursing, yeah. nursing Kyoko for them. And then she she kind of spills her backstory there. Yeah, yeah. and I really like that moment where she she's very guarded, right? She's a very guarded girl because you know she lives homeless and she's has to fight off the streets basically 
but at that moment when she's in that little place of almost like a sanctuary she is able to break down and just be a girl and and like kind of uh struggle with her you know problems and and let be herself almost yeah so i really like that moment yeah the wife is definitely like the um kind of takes up the motherly archetype in that scene right yeah and then she just kind of unloads on her and it's great because you know they don't even have like they can't even talk to each other (laughs) right they have this language barrier but it's still they still understand each other and kind of you know feel for each other which is great it's a beautiful moment i really like when that kind of happens it's a it's a really cool thing to see yeah and kind of like more and more as the scenes go by like you notice that uh miyuki like opens more and more up with each time we go back to that scene yeah um until she gets like really comfortable they definitely got past the subtitles they there. definitely <laughs> got past the subtitles there <laughs> hardy horror yeah there's a lot of like crazy moments in this movie i like like even before that in the when they somehow end up at the marriage at the wedding <laughs> yeah. And they're like, how do we get here? And then Ging takes both champagne bottles off the thing. It's just so crazy. Like, the whole like, sequence is just crazy. Yeah. Starting from, like, them rescuing the guy. Yeah. <laughs> Up and, like, all the way through to, like, then the fugitive. Yeah. And then she gets back. Honestly, like, for a while it gets crazy. Like, they rescue him. Then they go to the wedding. And then the fugitive tries to murder the dad. And then the boss the guy the husband that's getting married the groom takes the bullets for the guy and the groom happened to be the guy that uh jin was about to kill right jin was about to kill right someone to beat him to it <laughs> yeah and like it's funny because none of that they explain either the whole like latin american guy yeah. and why like it just happens like for no to them for no reason and then like then miyuki gets taken hostage and then gets brought back and then ging and han like escape and then Ging like gives up basically. Yeah. He's like, screw all this. And then they have a scuffle and then Hana leaves. And then Ging meets though so this is an interesting thing too, actually. I I like this scene a lot. Is the when old he, man. he yeah, he finds the old man laying on the ground, <laughs> brings him back to like his tent yeah. where he's dying, and his only wish is to like have a drink to die happy. So they both share like the bottle of champagne or whatever or liquor, whatever it was, on his deathbed. But like it's so interesting because he dresses the same as as uh, Ging, and it's basically like an older Ging essentially. Yeah. Like that's how it's portrayed. Yeah. Because even I, like what was it before that? He's like contemplating to himself and he's mad at himself. He's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna die like alone and and just like drink myself to death and yeah. like I'm gonna be happy this way or whatever." Like who gives a fuck? And then he meets the old man, and it's so funny that like the way that he's introduced. Because it feels like it slips into like an alternate reality, yeah. or, like a drunken like dream sequence dream thing. Sequence, yeah. But it turns out to be like reality itself, yeah. you know. <laughs> and, and so that whole time, like when he when they're together and he's drinking himself, and it's even the old man too is like shares the same feelings as Gain is having. Like, oh, I all I wanted to do was die drunk and happy and yeah. all alone, and then he does, and then Gain like realizes like. You shouldn't say that. That like you know, there's more out there. Whatever. I like, love the moment when you know the old man's like, "Yo, give me the drink one last time." <laughs> yeah. I have drinks, one last favor to ask. Yeah, he <laughs> drinks it and then he like acts like he's dead. <laughs> and he's like, like trying to close his eyes and he's like, 
<laughs> the eyes twitches. pop out. And he's like, oh my god. He's like, yeah. I have one last And then right after that, like the kids come and just beat them up. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, some reckless kids like beat him after death. Yeah, we gotta clean up the trash. <laughs> bullies, man. Bullies. Yeah, like all that happens and that's crazy. And then he gets rescued by an angel. Who's <laughs> just part of the hostess club. Yeah. No. <laughs> She's like, you want my magic or you want an ambulance? <laughs> it's like, an ambulance, please. <laughs> so I think like that whole segment is really cool. I yeah. really like that whole the whole section there. So I thought it was funny that I think like Ging has the most alone scenes in the film. You know, like he's always going off like on his own, mm-hmm. probably the most compared to everybody. But like a lot of like like I said, he like lies about his past. So a lot of it's like ambiguous what he is he's the father of the crew Mm. so to speak but yeah i think that's probably my favorite and then what do you think of the ending i liked it i liked how it resolves um (laughs) miyuki's story you know like she well the parents are like oh like they should be our god you know they should be our child's godfathers and then they go in and the inspector also goes in with them and then Miyuki sees that it's a dad and it kind of ends like that i think it's like the perfect kind of wrap up going full circle what about before that so like the whole oh like running up the um building and then yeah when they chase down the fake mom was it sayako was it i forgot i forgot i don't have it written down here um but yeah, I I think I I I was wondering how they were gonna resolve that, sure. and uh, I think they resolved it well. <laughs> um, I I liked the fact that there was that magical wind that swept up and and you know saved yeah. Hana from you know dying and the baby as well. Right. I was I was wondering like, oh, are they gonna just like have um, Sayako like not you know fall or like right. have her come back down because. You know, Miyuki persuaded and I, I thought like that would be okay but I don't think that would like be a great great climax I think sure, you sure. know I think they needed a little something more we need some oomph and then, and, some, then like... and then they and then you know she just falls and I'm like oh damn <laughs> yo they're actually doing something with this this is crazy and then, and then I knew that like Hana and uh, Keaton were gonna come and like you know right. help them I thought that was gonna be how it was gonna end <laughs> and then nope like, they all fall yeah. and I was like oh wow that's even better and then and then I was like, okay, what are they gonna do now? Is Hana just gonna die? Nope. <laughs> Christmas miracle. Christmas miracle happened. The Christmas miracle. So I really liked the fact that it kind of subver- subverted the way that I thought it was gonna be. You know, I mean, right. it was like that most basic way it could have ended sure, in my yeah. mind, like you know. But then they kind of did something else and made it more. Uh, I think fitting the story, you know, it really worked for the story. So it resolved in a little bit of fantasy. And I love the fact that as she's floating down, the sun is coming back up, mm. and it's dawn again, yeah. and and that uh, symbol of starting anew. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> Chef's kiss. <laughs> I I thought it was gonna. I honestly would have been surprised if like it went really dark, and I thought like Sayako was gonna. I thought like because like she Miyuki grabs her. And it's like, was like, take the baby. Like, she finally lets go. I thought she was going to, like, herself just, like, drop and die. Uh-huh. And then Miyuki saves the baby instead. I was like, I'm fully prepared for it to go here. 
but it didn't. So I was like, mm. all right, well, fine. That's whatever. That's cool. It's fine. But yeah, I it was like a little, I guess, like incomprehensive. as just like the details of like Sayoko and her husband a little right. bit of like, like it wasn't even their child to begin with. Like she just basically stole a baby from the infirmary. And then because like whatever, like she had her own backstory. And then well, she had a child, but she died, had a child. Yeah, so. she had a miscarriage, and then she stole a baby because she's basically crazy. And then whatever, it's like she got rid of the baby. Like that whole thing was like a little like, oh, okay, I gotta like like connect the dots there, mm-hmm. and then for it to end that way, because it kind of happens like a little weird where like to find Sayoko and then give her the baby, and then she meets the husband or Gin meets the husband and is like, nah. She's not like she's lying. I'm not lying. And they're like pointing fingers at each other, yeah. kind of like it was my husband. And she's like, no, it's Sayoko. And then like it rushes to like that climax, that super climactic ending. Yeah, I think the ending would not have worked if the middle, the whole section was not full of coincidence. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that had to be there for that ending to really sell. You yeah. Know, for it to have that impact. Yeah. I mean, it really has to have like, like the whole, the whole theme of like, Miracle. Yeah. Miracle, like, yeah. that whimsical, like, fiction, like, fantasy versus reality, like, it's always blending, mm-hmm. like, those territories. Yeah. And then, like, for them to do that ending where he is saved and, like, floats down mm. really works because of because of that fine line, you know? Yeah. So, um, other things to pick up. I think it checks all the boxes for a holiday film as well. It's very kind of family-oriented. And a very uh, unique kind of family, right? For sure. Not necessarily blood-related, but... It's very, like... Have you seen Shoplifters yet? No. No? Uh, With Hiro Koreeda. It's, like, kind of the same thing. Like, they're a homeless family. It's different in a sense, like, they don't find the baby or anything. Like, they're already a homeless family. But they're all, like, not related. They just kind of, like... It's, um, like, an artificial family, right? It's, like, a... They kind of could join together. Mm Mm-hmm. This movie is definitely a lot better because Shoplifters I actually didn't like too much. I think it's his weakest film. Mm. But I also think like the fact that Tokyo Godfathers is animated really works well. Yeah. In doing like we said kind of like the coincidences is very like fantasy versus reality sort of thing. I don't know. I really wouldn't think that would work in a live action film, right? Nah. And it's funny because like this movie's really grounded in, like, reality. Well, maybe. Like, if, if it has the feeling of maybe Home Alone, maybe. But even then, it's, but like, hard to pull off. You yeah. Know? Like, that, that's not, like, an easy thing to pull off. Like, right. that feel. You can't do that ending scene in, like, real life. You can. They, <laughs> uh, they kind of did it in Home Alone. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, but, yeah it, yeah. it helps with animated, for sure. For though. sure. Yeah. It feels like, like, the medium feels like home for it. Yep. For sure. Yep. It definitely feels like it works. And even, like, I mean, just the animation itself, it's really great. Yeah. Even for, like, for a 2003 film, it looks really awesome. His, I mean, all of his animated stuff is great, though. Like, it, it, yeah. there's a flow to it that I really like. Mm-hmm. Like, the way that the characters move, their gestures, and their um, iconic, like, the expressions are like expressions and, and the things that they do especially i love like how they always do, do the sniffle I, you know that was probably like my favorite little detail mm. of the animation is they're like doing whatever 
and then they'll like snort <laughs> for whatever yeah. reason. It just adds that depth of like livelihood in there. Yeah, it brings it to life like that um, environment and where they are and just like how cold it is. You know, right? Yeah, <laughs> like, you know, they it sells that kind of. But even like to their characters, like them being homeless, like they're uh -huh. very like unfearful. Like they really don't care about their appearance or mm. the way that they act around society or other yeah. people. So like just kind of gave up on that. <laughs> right. So like just doing that like snort. Yeah. Is like like in a public situation it's like all right maybe you would hold back. It's very unappealing, but right. It, in the movie it works perfectly. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I noticed that there's a love and great detail in everything in each frame about this mm -hmm. about this movie and how it kind of goes through. I love the opening sequence too um when when it shows the title card for the movie mm. and then it shows like the director's name through the truck and yeah oh, it's all embedded yeah embedded in, in the, the in the film in the scene i like i like that about the movie as well it's very like you can tell it's like thought out you know mm. did you pick up on the faces of the building the faces yeah which 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 building are you talking about so it happens multiple times there's a few times so uh i went back because i was like I didn't notice it the first time until I did some research. So, like, if you look carefully, there are some shots. And it's actually the same shot I noticed. It's, like, there's a wide shot, and it's usually, like, all three of them are in the frame. And then in the background, it'll be, like, the building or whatever. But the building is shaped as, like, a face. And sometimes it matches the scene or, like, the context of what they're doing. Mm -hmm. So, one example is... So, when they find the baby... And Hana's like, I want to keep it. Basically, like, I'm going to raise it. And they're all, like, shocked. And it's, like, Ging and Miyuki are, like, shocked together. And in the background, it's, like, two AC units that shape as eyes. And then, like, a big red door, like, a face. <laughs> and it's, like, shocked with them. And another one was when, so, like, they go to sleep. And then the next morning, Miyuki's like, hey, wake up. Like, yeah, Hana yeah, yeah. ditched with a child. Yeah. And then they find him, like, in an open area in the snow. And it goes to a wide shot, and Hana like breaks down crying because like we get a little exposition, uh -huh. and then she's like, "I've decided I want to find the parents." And it's like a sad moment. And the building in the back, it's the glass. It has like second like with windows, and then there's like uh, like a glass pillar that merges with the window. It's like a line, so it's like the eyes, and then like crying. teardrops yeah. around there. And so there's a few others that you, if you look carefully, you'll see. And so, like, I looked up Satoshi, I think, so he did that on purpose, because I guess he has, like, hobby of photography, and, like, taking pictures of, like, noticing that, you know, you can kind of, like, see faces and, like... Expressions and stuff. And so he was decided that, he was like, I don't want to keep that as a hobby, and I want to, so I decided to put it in this film. So if you look at some frames, you can kind of see it in there. It's cool. And so I was like, oh, that's cool to kind of go back and look. But, like, even to that, I was like, there's just so much, like unwasted details details and imagery in, every, in each frame you know for sure so which is not something you can always do like even in live action like if animated it's completely controlled so you can do whatever you want so to really make great use of that is uh is what i found here but cool little tidbits so if you haven't noticed go back go back and look you'll see them um yeah, anything else you wanted to add? Um, anything you hated about this film? Do you hate Christmas, Lee? 
Yeah, I like it. I I love winter time. So, so this is this is your first time seeing Tokyo Godfather. Yeah, but have you seen other Clones films? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do they kind of compare? Uh, I really like this uh, film in in comparison. I think, uh, I think all of his films have merit, and I sure. I like them for what they are. So it's I can't really compare to them just like one to one because it's it's very different like from film to film. It's not like he always kind of goes for the same thing, especially watching this film. Like you can really tell, like this film compared to like Milan Matches or like Paprika, mm-hmm. it's like very different, right? And so seeing a new side of kind of what he does is cool, um, but also like seeing just the his signature in in his films are is always fun to watch. Um, like you talked about, like for like those little details, like he. Yeah has that in spades in all of his movies and and in different ways too so i think that's always fun to watch like what he is trying to focus on and what he is trying to like what is the message that he's trying to get across at times you know that's always cool to see and also like his films have like this really like amazing flow to it 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 feels almost effortless the way that the films um, move and the way that it um, proceeds like right, right. way that it moves from scene to scene and and how the story unfolds and i think that really is the strength of satoshi kun's works like like that almost seamless transitions that go on that make the movie feel like a dream almost you know mm. and i i like that about satoshi's work and even in this film it's a lot more grounded than others um, usually, um, but it still has that, you know, like you, what like we yeah. talked about, it still has that. But it also tells a really um, endearing story. So, yeah, I really like this one. Yeah. It's really heartwarming, for mm-hmm. sure. And, like, in a weird way that it's not, like, really, like, it doesn't really try to be, like, super heartwarming in a way that's, like, like awe or whatever, like it doesn't have that tone, yeah. right? And it has a pretty straightforward kind of tone to it. But it has a very humanistic, right. uh, you know, story or message, right? Yeah. Like coming together as a as a people, even though they might come from different places, they have this one goal and mm-hmm. they come together for this baby and to help this baby find their parents. And it's a story that you can kind of relate to in a certain way. Hundred percent. Yeah, I even think like so. Even this film is. I read that he was inspired by um, the Three Godfathers, which is yeah. from nineteen forty eight, which I haven't seen or really heard of it before that. But it's like a, an American western, mm-hmm. I guess, about like three cowboys that kind of stumble upon a child for whatever. So it is a pretty like it can be a pretty universal story. Yeah. However you tell it, I just really really think that it was solid the way that like how he chose to do this with like homeless people and like kind of going through it yeah i think like i said i think that's sort of my my favorite element of it is like the way he kind of humanized like a rejected like part of society essentially mm-hmm. right and you're like oh they're they're very relatable and yeah even even the fact that like you know hana is a you know trans and also like you know Gin is this gambling like liar, <laughs> and then Yuki is this 
like a you know, just baby. a child, right? Like a dependent. And all of these characters are so different in their own ways, but also kind of, you know, the rejects of society. <laughs> right. Right. And, and dealing with those characters and bringing them in a way into the fold of like the greater family in terms of them having this child and bringing that child to their real family and stuff yeah. like that really, you know, makes the story work, I think. This child does not belong. This child is not fated to be a homeless yeah. person all their life. Like, they're really trying to save that child from, yeah. like, their themselves. fate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, themselves. <laughs> we will not fate. raise this kid. It deserves better. Yeah. I, like, the little, like, detailed touch that I really liked was on the lottery ticket. How the lottery uh, ticket was, like, 11111. And, uh, yeah, and yeah. there's, you know, at the end, you see the bag of, like, like lottery tickets, and then there's actually one on one one there. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's like, hmm. yeah. Even like numbers, uh, uh, like apparently there's a lot of um, references to Christmas. So like a lot of numbers that do twelve twenty five on there. Mm. Like I think like even the cab's license plate says like twelve twenty five, or like when they go in, the total of the yen is like one two 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 five. Or, like the time and it stops on a clock is like twelve twenty five. Like all these little little things yeah even like the cab driver that comes back and like ah at the end <laughs> oh yeah and then <laughs> wrecks his car for them i love the moment when like uh keen and hanai are running and then that the they're chasing the cycle up the building right and mm. then the cab driver already totaled his car and, and they're finding like, the elevator <laughs> he's just pointing to the <laughs> entrance that way, that way. <laughs> he already uh, knows what a, Talk about like Miyuki's weight change, yo. She was oh, like yeah. chubby as like a high schooler, yeah. and now like you go homeless and you just flat out. I mean, you don't weight. have food to you. I guess you not, do, man. Right? You talk about going on a diet. Just the homeless diet. The is homeless where diet. That's where it's at. <laughs> Looking pretty good. Good there now. Ah uh, yeah. Yeah. Overall, really like that film. Really good experience. First Solid experience film for, for, for sure. Satoshi. When I think of Satoshi Kun, I always think like dated, like like he's not. Are you calling him old? I'm calling, <laughs> I'm calling him old. All right. You're like, what has he done in the past ten years? Mm. Two thousand three ain't old. Well, yeah, dude, his like last work was in two thousand and seven. Calling him old? I am. I am definitely now. If we do, it'd be a short series because we would just have to do Perfect Blue Millennium Actress. And Paprika, that's only three. What do you mean? Only three. That's the only three films he's got. What do you mean only three? Those are great films. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, he has an announcement one, though. Dreaming Machine. This looks interesting. So, yeah. But what are you looking forward to for the future of our series here? I think this was a great... Series, film to start with. I think it's like, for the most part, the like holiday films are generally like heartwarming. Like they're pretty warm films overall. You know, I I mean this film and this film is also that, but I think in its presentation, it's like the least trying to be that, like intentionally anyway. Like the themes and the message kind of like align to it. Like oh, they go back to the past. Like it, it is there. But I think tonally, it's not, like, 
Yeah, I like the juxtaposition yeah. of like it's more like comedy and like even the, it's really like the characters because none of them are hopeful per se, mm-hmm. only for like the child, but not really for themselves, and they just kind of stumble upon like their past selves. And like, but they find it. They, they fi- find that at the end, right? That's right. The, like, that's the Christmas story. <laughs> yeah, they find hope after the fact. Right. Before then, they're kind of like going through life like, mm. ah, who right. cares? Life sucks. But I think that's the that's the core theme of the, of the film. Though, you know? yes. Like even the very start of the you know, film like addresses that as the theme going forward. So. Right. So it works. But yeah, so there's that for Tokyo Godfather. Um Support us on Patreon, guys. We're gonna have some episodes out there. Patreon at Getting Past Subtitles. Some exclusivity should be cool. Let us know. You can also follow us on Instagram at Past the Subtitles. And yeah, we look forward to it. Peace. Bye.